Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Of The People Live. Hello, Erica. Hello, Robert. So your girlfriend, so, you know, I have so many girlfriends, right? We've talked about, but your girlfriend <laughs> is back in the news. Wait, my girlfriend? Your girlfriend, the mayor of Dalton, Illinois. <laughs> Henyard is back. So wait. Tiffany. So, you, you know. Tiffany Henyard, you know, the glamour puss or glamour doll, you know, mayor <laughs> of Dalton, <laughs> Illinois, is back in yep. the news. So so it turns out after we okay. did our show, and I can't say it was it was us that brought down the, you know, the attention on her, <laughs> but after, maybe. So after we did the show, it seems she is now under FBI investigation. Yeah. And the yeah. F wait, but wait, it gets better. The FBI oh. starts talking to local businesses, former people on the board, and all of a sudden the police of Dalton, Illinois, sort of like personal hit squad, start right. showing up and harassing businesses and raiding yep. businesses, shaking them um, down. Shaking them and shaking them down. And by the way, all the businesses that they've been shaking down are the ones that haven't contributed to her campaign, by the way, among yes. other things. So I feel like so, I feel like this is good old fashioned Illinois politics. Aren't they known for being like the most corrupt, the most have gone to jail mobster type stuff? Isn't that a thing there? Well, you're talking about the Daily Machine, which don't, you know, don't forget, you know, you go back to the days of, you know, you know, Alphonse Capone, you go back to, you know, the South <laughs> Southside Gang, you go back to, you know, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre and all mm. those things. But that was usually contained within the city of Chicago. Right. That's a little mm. bit different. But so and again, you know, as we like to go to the articles, you know, here you go. So <laughs> Fox reports six individuals have spoken to the FBI about Henyard's conduct, including a business owner, former village employee and one public official. Mm. Right. And it, after that happened, one of them in particular refused to donate to the civic event sponsored by Henyard. The police show up as a warning to other businesses. <laughs> right. So. You know, we have this and we're and this show, folks, is going to be about sort of the cultural revolution, because if you don't think we're mm. in a cultural revolution, uh, no disrespect, folks, you're either ignorant of history yeah. or you I don't know, you're too Buried busy doing your something head in the sand. I don't know. But, maybe, you know, you have Trump in New York State with Letitia James, um, three hundred and what, fifty five million dollars for a law that they haven't shown that there was a victim. That's right. on. And they're not even allowing him to appeal before he posts the bond or the money. I mean, I mean, yeah, the weaponization. I mean, forget about the weaponization of the legal system, which is what the Democrats are doing. But it is the cultural revolution. I mean, that's the the heading that all this is captured under. Right. So people just have to understand that. But anyways, your girlfriend's yeah. back in the news. Yeah. Um, My girl. Your girl. So My girl. under F. Under FBI investigation. Now, I you wonder it. if she's, is she going to get the Biden treatment or the Trump treatment? I think she will get the Biden treatment because you are not allowed to prosecute brown people. Remember, Robert, black people. Well, wait, I, wait, uh, I thought she's black. Of, she is black. Is she black or uh, brown? She, we well, black, that, brown. That? Okay. She is a non-white person. And therefore, oh. because all non-white people are the victims of society, it's okay for them to steal and commit fraud because it's reparations. So, <laughs> so she'll be um, fine. She'll be fine. Now you sound like like AOC when all these people were breaking into <laughs> New York City. She says, well, you know, you know, they just need to eat and they need reparations. You want to tell me how they're going to eat Nike sneakers? Oh, yeah. The right? Louis that, Vuitton that were... bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it not, you know, if you boil it in water, I hear it makes a really good hey, broth. Hey, I'm telling you what, 
actually you know what's really funny is a lot of those brands those luxury <laughs> brands sorry this is a total side note i just learned this a lot of those like louis vuitton bags and stuff they're not even leather um what they leather? do is yeah there's a little patch inside the purse that says genuine leather and it's the patch that is genuine leather not the purse so yeah a little fun fact <laughs> little fun fact you stole uh, a two thousand dollar purse that really is made of plastic so the joke is and on you ladies taste bad when you try to eat it so for all the food <laughs> that aoc says you need come on you, but i mean the naked abuse of power is is yeah. stunning it, it, it's it, it's wild. not only it's not only where's the outrage it's mm -hmm. it's you know w it's not wto it's wtf yeah. as far as i'm concerned absolutely so you just sit here and shake your head in any event are, are we ready to go <laughs> we're going to start off the show all right ladies we and gentlemen are, we are going to start off the show hold your horses we're gonna get started here dun 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 <sighs> Let's see where is our intro. All right. By the way, Robert. and I st and I still think the people of Daltonville for electing her are adults. Just putting <laughs> that out there. Well, at least they voted to uh, kick her out and get rid of her. So that's a good thing. They haven't that's voted that yet. There's they, just some people did. that are some people are dropping a dime. No, they voted. They voted to recall her, and then she took it to court and got it overturned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys, check out check out actual Justice Warriors playlist on this gal. Anyway, okay, we're getting started for real, for real, for real. We're serious. For real. Hello and welcome to Of the People. Thank you for joining us live. Mao's Cultural Revolution revisited. We are in the middle of a cultural revolution here, and anyone who denies that is clearly not paying attention. In 1966, after, I don't know, 15, 18 years in power, Mao launches a 10-year cleansing or cultural revolution from the great proletarian re revolution. And basically, while it encompassed a lot of things and it was against bourgeoisie and you know money and those kinds of things, it was a purge of those unbelievers who did not believe the new religion of communism or socialism that Mao had been infusing into the system. We now have so many examples of that in this country, and it really is the unifying factor. I give you the latest, which is MSNBC reporter, and I'm going to butcher this name, folks. So it is Heidi, is it Prezbila, P-R-Z-Y-B-Y-L-A, who says that Christian nationals, oh my God, by the way, Christian nationals is, are the new MAGA for the 2024 election. You heard it here first. You're going to hear the word Christian nationalism and Christian nationalist. That's the buzzword. She says that Christian nationals, oh my God, believe that Americans' rights are granted by God, not Congress and not the Supreme Court. I have news for her. First of all, if you can read, and she probably cannot read, but if you read the Declaration of Independence, it says, endowed by their creator, with certain inalienable rights. Last time I checked, your, the creator was God. Now you can put whatever label you want on it, but to say that Americans' rights don't come from God is to deny the founding and, and foundational documents of this country. She goes on to say, by the way, just because you know how I love to read all this stuff, she goes on to say that, 
Regarding Trump in 2016, a lot of mainline evangelicals wanted nothing to do with the divorced real estate, Trump. So what happened was he was surrounded by the more extremist elements. We are going to hear words like Christian nationalism and the new apostolic reformation. These groups should be very schooled on because they have a lot of influence in Trump. But here's the key. What unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, because Christian nationalists are very different, is that they believe that our rights as Americans and as all human beings do not come from earthly authority. They don't come from Congress they, or the Supreme Court. They, Christian nationalists, heaven forbid, believe that rights come from God. That strikes at the very core of the cultural revolution that's going on here. And that's what, and by the way, Someone needs to distinguish for me what the difference is between Christian nationals or Christians. There's a war on Christianity. There's a war on religion. And the religion is the religion of wokeism versus Judeo-Christian values. Because this whole war in the Middle East that's going on, the Hamas war, we Jews are first. But if they drive the Jews into the sea, the Christians are second. And that's what's going on here. And I don't care whether it's the Islamic fundamentalism or the radicalism at home or black lives matters they're all part of the same thing have you seen the 13 principles of black lives matter maybe we can put that up there for everybody real quick the 13 principles and the ones i don't know if they can see that but the one that i really love is the one that it takes a village i think it's number 11 or 12 to raise children and it's against the nuclear family basically let's see scroll down keep going one more 11 black villages we disrupt the narrow Western prescribed nuclear family structure expectation. We support each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially, quote unquote, our children. We believe the, the radical care belongs in the public square. Who used to talk about it takes a village to raise a child? Oh, right. Hillary Rodham Clinton. So this goes back a long ways. This goes back to 2008. Remember, then... President-elect Obama said, we are five days away from transforming America. You're starting to see all this, folks, starting to connect the dots. So what we are experiencing is Mao's cultural revolution, Western style, and it is very much wokeism versus Judeo-Christianity. And the new buzzword that you're going to hear everybody talk about is Christian nationalism in the same sense of the deplorables and in the same sense of MAGA Republicans. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we are all racist now. And that's the monologue. Joining me back again, my lovely co-host, Erica Reddick. Hello, Robert. And joining us... We should tell everybody because Ooh. this show is about the war on religion that's going on in the country. Yeah. We have a special guest with us today coming on, mm -hmm. Bruce Abramson. Dr. Bruce Abramson, I think it's his fifth book or his sixth book. He's right? 18th book, 100th book. I mean, a lot of books. this guy's got such a big brain. Y'all, you, you are in for a treat with the discussion we're going to have today. It's going to be super so, fun. Before he comes on, because I know he's a couple minutes in the green room, let's put up his book. It's a great awakening. Let's let's so people can see what we're talking about. The American yes. Spirit or Great Awakening, just released, and it really is a battle to restore. And as we've talked about, you know, people talk about conservatism, right? And my argument is, there's no such thing as conservatism. How do you conserve that which you've already lost? Mm, good question. That's a great question, right? Robert. So maybe you can restore it. 
But in terms of the cultural revolution that we're going through, yeah. a, akin to Mao's revolution, right? You have mm. to restore something. We've lost the battle. The question is, is there a Normandy-like D-Day landing that you can establish a battlefront in this war to sort of regain your footing? Um, yeah. And I would argue that doesn't happen until you close the border. Because if you can't close the border, you're not allowed to say that, remember, Robert? I can because, say whatever I um, want to say. If you believe in borders, it makes you an istophobe. Okay. What's it what's so, an istophobe? It's you know, it's a it's a you know, it's a every is that, you know, racism Is that uh, like Trista decophobia? Racist, yes. <laughs> that too, right? That's that's my that's my a catch-all term for the you know various insults that you get if you say something reasonable and rational and verifiably true with right. uh, even a elementary school education so yeah you're an istophobe if you acknowledge you, borders robert and, okay can you spell that for me spell istophobe i-s-t-a i-s-t-a p-h-o-b-e istophobe you know what it sounds like? What's that? It sounds like pig Latin. It sounds like a sexually it, it transmitted like disease. Latin. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which apparently is higher among the uh, leftist community. I'm just saying, okay, I'm not trying to Excuse throw shade. Me. Okay. That's <laughs> just a fact. Okay. Okay. Does science. that mean they're having more trust sex? The science. Wait, wait. Are um, they having more sex or are they just. They're having less protected sex. Oh, uh, is that yeah. because they're busy transgendering? Yes. <laughs> oh no, what happened? <laughs> I I had to leave. I was busy trans I was busy transgendering for 30 seconds. I'm back. How do I look? Oh my god, you are so dumb. I was like that was like the uh real time um you know when they when it goes beep and it's got the like colored bars across the screen. <laughs> right, right. Well, by the way, those colored bars, if you know what those colored bars were, that shows your age because at a certain time, TV, by the way, when I grew up, there were five channels, right? Yeah. There was Channel 7, ABC News, Channel 4, N N NBC, uh, Channel 2 was CBS. You had Channel 9, which was WOR, uh, New York City, and Channel 11, WPIX, excuse me, you had PBS, which was 13. You had six channels. And at like 2 a.m., this the, the TV stopped. Can mm. you imagine if TV stopped now? Oh my goodness. I think people would like start jumping off Bill. Oh my God. What TV happened? stopped. Ah, ah, ah. So I think, did, um, what do you think actually? Okay. So here's a question. I'm going to totally derail, um, your, your, where you're going. Did you hear about the AT&T outage? No, where's the AT&T outage? We're going to have to, you guys, we're going to probably have to cover this in the next episode. Just, I just talked, hearing you talk about, oh, like, what if TV went away? So AT&T was completely out for like a day. Really? And there what are people conspiring, conspiracy theorizing. Oh, you mean like me? I, I'm this out. Is, so make sure you got some rice. Make sure you got some beans and some water. Okay. Get some rice. iodine and put it in your basement, y'all. Because uh, where's my tinfoil hat? Okay. Where, where's it? <laughs> I misplaced it. Shoot. All right. So growing up, you used to get things like there is nothing wrong with your TV set. We are in complete control. Uh, I think that was like one step beyond as, you know, uh, yeah. but there were, I mean, 
So, and we grew up with great horror, right? We grew up with the Twilight right. Zone. We grew up with One Step Beyond. We, I mean, all all those, you know, and you know, and then you get into like the, you know, the seventies. You got like Shack, the Night Stalker kind of thing with Darren McGavin, which was not really that good, but he played the part well. In yeah. any event, so we're trying to get fix some of this audio stuff. What I do want to talk about though, because we really, I mean, all of this is really related to this cultural revolution, and what people don't understand is that, as we talked about in the monologue, Erica, the war. The Hamas war against Israel is against really not just Israel, but Judeo-Christian values. The Black Lives Matter war here on traditional values is against Judeo-Christian values. The transgender, LGBTQ, XYZ, whatever letters you put in there, is against traditional values, which are Judeo-Christian values. The fact that you now have reporters, and by the way, how do you pronounce your name? Is it Prisbila, Prisbala? I mean, I'm horrible with pronouncing names, but so you actually have reporters now and how you become a reporter and you just don't even understand the constitution or foundational documents, which I guess since they mm. don't teach them in school, they don't care, but they don't care. You mean, you mean facts don't matter? No, feelings don't care about your facts. Robert, why are you feelings so silly? Don't... Look at what a silly goose you are. All right. So, so look, I want to introduce to everyone, Dr. Bruce Abramson. Yes. Author, scholar, and his new book. Statesman. Uh, Spiritual Crisis, Great Awakening. Let's put up his book for him. Oh, Hello, Dr. Bruce. Hang on. We're going to work. You know, American Spirit or Great Awakening. Just out on anywhere you can buy books, right? Yep. So, Dr. Bruce, thank you for joining us. Enough of the people. How are you? We can hear you, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? I set up 20 minutes ahead of time. I tested yeah. to make sure everything was working. And then when I finally realized I was not in your waiting room yet, yeah. uh, it all stopped working. <laughs> isn't that, and isn't that life? You. That's like a metaphor for life. But, but, but just I, when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I, I, Sorry. I, 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 broke, I broke out all my fancy equipment for you. I got my fancy <laughs> microphone. I got my headphones. Yeah. Uh, You're so all right. awesome, Bruce. I may I be shouting. I, I have no it. idea. So, I Bruce, let it. me... Dr. Bruce, let me tee this up. This is your sixth book, correct? This is the sixth, yeah. Sixth book, and the, and the book is American Spirit or Great Awakening? Yes, and it okay. is. And, and, the, and the principle and the, and the argument in the book, we were talking about the Cultural Revolution, we're talking about the battle of religions in this country, and what we think is that the battle, the Hamas war against Israel is really not only against Israel, but Judeo-Christian values there, Black Lives Matter, the cultural revolution here is against Judeo-Christian values here. Take us from there into your book. Tell us what it's about. Sure. Okay. So the book really has a three-pronged argument. The first one is that um, America is suffering from a deep spiritual crisis. Number two is wokeism is a brilliant new religion that was devised to meet the spiritual needs of America's most spiritually starved people, namely our elite. And the third is that if we don't want to collapse into a completely woke country, we're going to have to reconnect with America's own spiritual roots and re-inject uh, traditional faith into civic life. So that's the argument in a nutshell. Oh, okay. So give me some examples. I mean, I agree with you. I, you know, we've had these conversations, you know, on the show, not mm -hmm. a, not nearly as scholarly as yours, but in what walks of life are you seeing this in this country, you know, tie it into, I mean, because my argument would be that 
in the cultural battle, we've already lost the cultural battle. Mm. Right? I mean, na name, name an institution that hasn't been either co-opted or corrupted. That's a well, great no, question. I, I agree with you. That was actually my previous book uh, where I talked about um, the corruption of higher education in America, which mm -hmm. is a problem I'm currently working to fix and address. But uh, basically, um, yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, as I've written, uh, every major institution in American life has collapsed. I don't think there's a single one that could point with pride to its 21st century performance. And, and no. let's 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 itemize those for the listeners so they get an idea of what we're talking about by institutions. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, academia, university system, K-12 education, the yeah. media, government, major industries, um, entertainment, Wall Street. Uh, have I left anybody out? Mm, uh, not that I can think of, Erica. The military? That's Revolution. getting there. Getting there. Does That's, that count? So, well, you know. Um, I mean, you know, they well, are trying to they're, use they're they're trying to use LGBTQ advertising to advert yeah. to you know recruit for the Navy. I mean, that'll tell well, you something. So, so it's actually interesting with that one was there, there was a technique, and I tried writing about this. Nobody was listening. If you ever wonder what the defund the police movement was about, it was really about. And this is a trick that you see used in a lot of uh, countries that are sliding into authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. Is that the movement of the institutions to new regimes? happens slowly and unevenly. So there are always some that are lagging. Now, as the left seized control of more and more of our institutions, the last one standing was basically policing and the military. So what do you do? How do you, how do you turn over these institutions without upsetting people? The mm -hmm. answer is you make it uncomfortable for good people to stay there. Yeah. Then you create an opening and you go hire all your own people. So... It, it, it was clear to me from the beginning when they first started with the defund the police that the goal was to create massive vacancies in police forces. Then when people started screaming for need, they could go hire people they like better. And yeah. that was how they would take those over. You saw that the guy who used that very effectively was Erdogan in, Germany, in, in Turkey, who came in and the two institutions he didn't control were the judiciary and the military. Mm. And... He moved slowly, but he basically pushed all of the top generals and all of the top judges to retire so he could bring in his own people. Well, how do you control how do you control a country? You know, all the people in charge of enforcing the law and uh, law enforcement. If you can corrupt them, then you've got everything. I feel like you, you, that is like ultimate power. Well, and, and that's what we're seeing in this country. You know, it's. People have this idea that that, that uh, the there's a line from Tolstoy that uh, all happy families are the same, all unhappy families are unhappy in their own way. Mm. Uh, the same is true with societies. Healthy societies may look a lot alike, but every unhealthy and dying society will die in its own way. So you look at something like Nazi Germany, and what you saw was a degenerate form of Germany. Mm. You look at the Soviet Union, it was a degenerate form of Russia. The degenerate form of the United States is not going to look like either of those. It's going to be a degenerate American. Mm. And, and how do we do it? Well, you know, you think about something like Nazi Germany. They came in, they put in place Nuremberg laws. Okay? They had laws discriminated against the Jews. We used to have laws discriminated by race. We got rid of them. We're not bringing them back. Mm. So what are we going to do? We're going to put in laws 
that, are, that apply to everybody. Okay. Then we're going to discriminate in how we apply them. I, I, Say that again. Yeah, Say that again. Last part. Sure. Th there's a term that gets tossed around a lot called prosecutorial discretion. Oh, God, yeah. Prosecutor gets to decide who they're going to enforce right against. and and that's what they're using like all these right. crazy left da's are saying oh well, we don't have to prosecute things ah but that's the point you see shoplifting is illegal right it's illegal if you're black if you're white if you're latino if you're asian if you're jewish if you're christian if you're an atheist if you're a citizen if you're an illegal immigrant shoplifting is illegal not too many shoplifters out there i can't prosecute against all of them so i'll just pick the ones against whom i want to prosecute Mm. Now you tell me there's a pattern to whom I'm picking? Well, maybe, maybe not. Surely you're not going to say that these people should go free. Mm. Right? This, well, is how, this is how things degenerate in America. Okay? And you actually saw this. It's the most amazing thing. The most amazing statement came from uh, Governor of New York State, Kathy Hochul, after you had this outrageous judgment against Donald Trump. Right. And you had all these articles saying this is going to destabilize business in New York. And what did Hochul say? She said, oh, no, no, it's only said, Trump. It's only yeah, Trump. That's exactly what she said. She said, you don't have to worry about that because you don't behave like Trump. Of course, <laughs> what of course right. everybody who's a real estate person does do the same thing that they're accusing and, Trump and, of. I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, no, but that's exactly the point. See, now there's this precedent and I can go after everybody. Mm -hmm. and, and, and again, when you've got a regime sliding into authoritarianism, it's important to take out a few rogue oligarchs. So Trump. Yeah, you you make an example one. of them. Yeah. yeah. Right behind them is Elon Musk. Then it's going to come Bill Ackman. Mm -hmm. I'll be a handful of them. And, and uh, you know, Mark Andreessen is sticking his neck out. Yep. There well, are. and eventually it's going to be the Jamie Diamonds and the everybody else because what is that expression you say, Robert? The um, the alligator always eats you last, or it's going <laughs> to, you know, I'm going to feed the alligator so that it'll eat me last. They're still coming for you. Yep. They're still coming for you. Well, I mean, but again, that's not true. My mic's Maybe, not working. You can't hear we me. I can hear you. Can okay. we? Um, you know, that's not necessarily true. If you look at what happened in Russia, there yeah. were a whole bunch of oligarchs who did very well during the Yeltsin years. Okay. Those that did not get along with Putin fared poorly. Those that got along with Putin mm. are doing just fine. <laughs> well, isn't that always the trick, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go along to get along and then... The... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Bruce. Yeah, no, I was saying that those those who play the new game do fine yeah in fact you need them that's right that is that is right all right robert, oh robert you, you are muted we are having some technical difficulties okay today, how is that bruce I, bruce I have a question for you how's that right. i'm back you know okay. i'm not gonna let you get through an episode with me you, muted you, you, that, you, would be, <laughs> that would be no fun at all for anybody because i am the free entertainment around here you're going to get it back to the book or are we still saving the world? <laughs> no, we're getting back to the book. So, but let's go back to basics. So one of your arguments in the book, and I personally agree, and we've had these conversations, is wokeism is a new religion. Yes. Let's tackle that for a second. How is, you know, I mean, we understand the, the tenets of Catholicism of Christ, or Christianity at large, Judaism, Buddhism. How is wokeism a new religion? Mm. 
Well, I mean, there are a couple of things you have to remember. The first one is that it took a while to figure out the theology and the rationality and the reason behind all these religions. They didn't come out of the box fully baked. Right? If you think about Christianity, okay, the Nicene Creed was 350 plus years after Jesus. Mm. So you had 350 years where a lot of people going around, you know, the Thomists and the Gnostics and, and they were all Christians. It took a long time for somebody to come up with a canon. And even then, that canon wasn't a matter of consensus. That was just the official Christianity of Rome. Coptism, uh, you know, Coptic Christianity is older than Roman Catholicism. It's still vibrant in Egypt. So it does take a while for these things to come together. But, but there are, um, one of the things that I talk about a lot is the way that you know that this is a religion. I mean, there are a couple of ways. One is... It's a comprehensive overview of all of life, right? It's mm -hmm. a way of reconceptualizing humanity, its role in the world, um, its relationship with non its relationship with the world in general, and a way of conforming our behavior to achieve a more just world. That's just like any other faith. But an important part of my argument is that it also addresses deep spiritual needs. Mm. You can find parallels in a lot of this stuff between a lot of this stuff that the um, between a lot of this stuff that the woke talk about and things that we have in contemporary faiths. So, for and example. So hold, hang on one second for yeah. us, Bruce. So I love that you're going to give us some examples. You guys remember, check out the book, The uh, American Spirit or Great Awakening. We are speaking today with Dr. Bruce Abramson. Check out the description and details. You can find a link to his book, to his website to learn more. Uh, and he is by far one of the great defenders of American freedom. And we're going to hear from some more defenders of American freedom, uh, the American Center for Education and Knowledge. We'll be right back with you, Bruce. America came into being based on a shared belief and a common set of values. Unlike other nations that were bound together based on common ancestry, race, or caste, we came into being based on a simple and shared set of ideals. That the power of government is based on the consent of the governed. That life, the freedom to live life on our own terms in our own way, free from government interference, and liberty, our most precious value, and the pursuit of happiness, which means we are free to pursue that which we choose with the knowledge and courage to know that nothing is guaranteed to us in this life. Those values, America was founded on these basic inalienable rights. Freedom to pray to God in our own way. Freedom to think and speak freely without fear of punishment or harm. And freedom to gather in our places of worship and in our local taverns. And freedom to defend ourselves, our families, our homes, and our neighbors as we see fit. The American Center for Education and Knowledge is dedicated to protecting American exceptionalism anywhere and everywhere it is threatened. ASIC is a 501c3 and depends on your tax-deductible donations. Please help us continue our fight. Hey, everybody. Erica Reddick, the other half of, of the people. Come check me out over on Generally Irritable. That's where you'll find me on all the socials. I got Erica Reddick on Twitter. We're not just covering news and politics, but we also cover culture 
and how those things relate to one another. So come check it out. You can also go to generallyirritable.com and learn more about me and the show. back to get the rest of that answer welcome back to the people we're talking with dr bruce abramson american spirit or great awakening brand new book the battle for america the soul of america dr bruce right so wokeism is a new religion it has all the tenets of a new religion who does it appeal to and why because i think that's part Mm. of understanding all, all all of this because you know the new buzzword or the new MAGA word, because I think Ma- the use of MAGA by the Repub- by the Democrats has sort of run its course, is Christian nationalist. That's that's the new boogeyman that they're going to try to win the 2024 election. But the flip side of that is this whole sort of Black Lives Matter, social justice warrior, um, academia, anti-Semitism. I mean, tie it all together. But who... Your argument in the book, and I've read good parts of the book, not all of it, in all fairness, is that there's a spiritual void in America, especially amongst a certain segment. Is that not correct? Yeah. So there is, in general, a spiritual void in America. I think that we have relegated, all of us, by the way, even the most of them, have relegated spirituality to a niche. And, you know, not exactly an honored niche either, something you take out in private. Um, uh you know, uh, and maybe don't talk about. Um, but uh, I, I think that it's greatest among um, our intellectual elite. I mean, basically the people around whom I've spent my life, the educated, affluent, credentialed professionals. Um, there really is a, a gap there and it needs to be filled. And one of the things I talk about, and I do want to get into a simple example uh, that I think illustrates everything. I think that there are deep spiritual needs. Now, mm. let's take an interesting one. OK, I don't think of myself as a racist. Okay? I never much cared what anybody's race was. I judge people by content of character. I've certainly never made a discriminatory decision, uh, decision. So I might say I'm not a racist. Now, we all know that if you say that to a woke mm-hmm. acquaintance, that means that you're a racist. Right. Yeah. If you now, say you're not a racist, you're a racist. Right. OK. Now, now let's let's dissect it and think about what they're saying and whether or not this really you know, goes in anywhere. So I go up to a war friend and I say, I'm not racist. I've never discriminated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Suppose I went to a Christian friend and I said, I've transcended evil. I don't sin. <laughs> okay. Right. Good luck they, with that. Right. Good luck with that. Right. They would laugh at me and they would say, okay, maybe he's a good guy who means well, best case yeah. scenario, but he doesn't get the concept. Right. Evil is pervasive. It's baked into mm. the environment. Even when you can't see it, it's there. It's a constant struggle to overcome. Mm. You can't overcome it at an individual level. It's there with us. It is part of existence. Okay. Now, there are two related reasons that that might be a Christian belief. One is it might be objectively true. Mm. Two is there might be something in the human psyche and the human spirit that needs to believe that there's a pervasive cause of injustice and suffering. Mm. Okay. If you look at the way that the woke talk about racism, 
this is just how they've renamed that concept. There's this concept out there of a troubling supernatural, if you will, unavoidable source of anxiety and pain and suffering and conflict and tension that permeates existence. Yeah, wait, so, so wait a minute. So, but, so, but I thought, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I thought one of the arguments were, because, you know, up is down and down is now up or sideways is straight ahead or whatever, they, right. they argue. It's sort of that right, Alice right. in Wonderland, you know, up to down staircase nonsense. Mm -hmm. But that racism was baked into the country because the country was founded on slavery. This is their argument, not mine. It was founded on slavery. Therefore, it was founded on racism. It's baked in as original sin. And everything that's flowed from that white privilege and all that other crap that they toss around basically uh, dictates that even if you are not haven't committed a racist act by the nature of your skin color, you are a racist, or by your refusal to acknowledge you're a racist, or you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, or if you acknowledge you're a racist, of course you're a racist, right? So if, because I'm, you know, American, it's baked into the structural racism, so you're a racist there. If you owned slaves or knew someone who owned slaves or walked by someone who owned a slave, you know, you, you're a racist there. If you admit, uh, if you don't admit you're racist, you're racist there. And God forbid if you admit you're a racist, you're a racist. So mm. what am I missing? Because I thought it was original okay. sin to, to the woke. But that's that's exactly that's exactly the point. Yeah. Okay. It's like that, replaces that, that, the is, that, that there is. It doesn't matter what you believe, and it doesn't matter who you are. Okay. At some point, if you're sentient, you notice that there's pain in the world, there's suffering in the world, there's injustice in the world. Good people lose, bad people win. Random things seem to happen. The good guys don't get ahead. You're going to want, you need there to be some explanation for that. Mm, yeah, because otherwise, then there's like no reason for the suffering. It's it, all the pain is just pain. There's no overcoming or like. So, so, so take this, right? Take okay. this as a human need. Mm. You need to have answers to this. Well, if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, you, you, you can think of a concept of evil or suffering, okay? In the Eastern faiths, it, it is simply part of samsara, part of the cycle of suffering, mm. right? But, but, I mean, all traditional faiths provide answers to these questions, okay? If you look down the traditional faiths, they all answer the same questions. They make you very different answers, but they're all there in recognition of the same questions. Okay. Now, what if so, so if woke is, well, hang on a second so if wokeism yeah. is a new religion mm -hmm. right who's the head of the religion oh the state right i don't who's know the, does there have to be a head of a religion oh oh you're thinking like think a catholic so. I no. think that, well, uh, yeah, I'm, the Jewish, <laughs> I'm the good Jewish boy thinking like a Catholic. Is, exactly. is that a compliment or an insult? No, uh, no. I mean, you know, no, but you normally have a pastor or a priest or a rabbi. or Is that what you mean, Robert? Like when well, you say who's well, the head of I, it? Well, I wasn't sort of asking like who's the pope, but I was sort of thinking mm. like who's the head of religion or who's the founder of the religion, right? Mm. I mean, that, and, and then we can go to who are its spiritual leaders. Who's the founder of Hinduism? Uh, Bodhisattva. Buddha? Well, first of all, that would be Buddhism. That's Buddhism. I know. Oh. You're exposing my ignorance. 
I don't know who's they, you know. I am so fired. We We're both fired. Look, look, we, exactly. We don't, we don't know. All right. And people who study, you know, people who study the sociology of religion will tell you that even the founders that we think were there, even those we believe in, um, were, were archetypes that were constructed after the fact. And, I got it. OK, so so but but I want to make this relevant to today and, and, and society. So mm -hmm. the, so wokeism is a religion. Wokeism is permeating everything in, in, in society. You know, again, I would argue it started with Obama and we're five days away from transforming America. Oh, wow. And, and, the, yeah, the, and, the, and the other side, though, are, are sort of the deplorables, like the rest of us who believe in traditional uh, uh, values. How do you combat this? Okay. And well, what does mm. what does this battle of religion look like going forward? All right. Good so, question. So, so, so here's where I think it comes from. You know, you ask who founded wokeism. It's not who founded it per se. It's where did it come from? And the answer is that in the early 19th century, there was a new strand of Western philosophy that developed. Okay? And it was radical. It was the utopian socialist writings of which Marx is the best known. Hegel was another, but there were a lot of them, there were a lot of utopian socialists. Okay. And the interesting thing about this strand of writing was this is the first development in Western philosophy that is not grounded in the Bible since St. Augustine. Mm. Okay. Oh, so, right, because everything like right. Islam and all that stuff has still has a foundation in the right. Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. If you go okay. back, what happens is, right, the second story in the Bible, right after creation, is the fall. Mm. It's the fall of men. Okay? And this is the essence of everything. What is the overarching view of humanity? God is perfect. Humanity is flawed. We as humans are inherently flawed. We cannot achieve perfection. If we follow certain rules and certain guidelines, we can elevate ourselves. We can do better, but it's a constant struggle and it's constant striving and it's constant work and we can never attain perfection. Right. And the reason that we can never attain perfection is that we are inherently flawed. Okay. That's a view of humanity. The utopian socialists come up in the 19th century and they take a radically different worldview. Their view is the reason there's continued human suffering is that we have baked exploitative society, we've baked exploitative institutions into our societies. Society is flawed. And it's a flawed society just holding back humanity. So if we could perfect society, human perfection would follow. That is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> She's She's not calling you stupid. She's just talking about that philosophy. Yeah, I'm Bruce. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm and so. Yet, I, just, yet, I just, I just and, needed to for our listeners make sure that they understood that one, Erica. And, and yet, it has sorry. taken over. It has taken over the world. Okay, this is. I mean, you look at it. You know, people say Marxism wasn't a religion. Marx, of course, Marx was a prophet. What did Marx say? I have found a deep truth that will tell me how to restructure society. Mm. So that if when the perfect future arrives, we will never leave it. And then he goes about talking about how to restructure society. That is and, wild. And, and why is communism an absorbing state, right? I mean, you know, Marxism, mm. got feudalism, eventually 
You get capitalism gives way to socialism, gives way to communism. Why is why does communism give way to nothing? Mm. Well, because once you've landed in perfection, perfection is an absorbing state. Oh wow. There's no way to make it once you've hit perfection, you can't make things any better. Is that Nirvana? I was just I'm all for Nirvana. Say, I'm all for Nirvana. Well, Nirvana, I believe, like, is a state of non-existence. Well, yes. that's, well, isn't that after communism? Uh, yeah. oh, I'm telling you. Okay. You know, here's the deal. Okay. I love this. This is no, this is a perfect setup for a comment we have from a listener, you guys. So okay. Ken Sullivan asked, how far from Marxism is this new religion? Seems like socialism with an attitude. So good I, question. You know, all these isms, right? I called things and I called Robert an istophobe earlier, right? If you think some if you like borders, you're an istophobe. There's all these isms, socialism, Marxism, like so, we're well, in the evolution. Well, well, but let's ask that question. Right so let's let no no. Let's right. ask that question again. Yeah. Read his question again. How far from Marxism is this new religion? Seems like socialism with an attitude. So I, I would say that wokeism and Marxism come from common roots. Okay, and mm. the common roots are this utopian socialist view that I was describing. Mm -hmm. Now Marx. Marx said a couple of things that were interesting. Marx said the only thing that matters is economics, materialism class. And he wrote everything in terms of those. One of the things that Marx did was Marx said, I think spiritualism is stupid. Therefore, it should just evaporate. And that was one of the shortcomings. The one thing that the Soviets could never eradicate, they could never eradicate the church. And the reason they could never eradicate the church was they had nothing to replace. Mm. All these spiritual dilemmas that I'm talking about, the questions that people ask, the communists, the Marxists had nothing to replace. So you move beyond that and you get to um, you get to Gramsci, who says, well, no, 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 we have to come up with cultural Marxism, where mm -hmm. the divisions are not simply class and economics oriented, but also culturally oriented. You get to critical theory, which generalizes it and says we could draw any lines we want as long as we can show you that there's a struggle. Mm. Okay? What Wokeism yeah. does is wokeism adds a spiritual element to all of the others. Oh, yeah. And it basically, like, makes, uh, like, believers and non-believers, like, Gentiles. And, oh, my gosh. If you're a non-believer. Okay, sorry, you guys. Just taking a quick break to remind you we're talking to Dr. Bruce Abramson about his new book, American Spirit or Great Awakening, uh, The Battle to Restore or Destroy Our Nation. Okay, so... <clears throat> There is, it almost seems like at every turn, there is a parallel to the Bible, right? I feel like we've talked about the garden. Yes. I feel like we've talked about the fall. We've, we've talked about there's believers and non-believers, right? And, uh, you know, there's atonement, right? Like, if you call yourself a racist because you have a virus in your brain and your skin is white, right? Like, you can atone by calling yourself these things. What else? Or, or, or I can self-identify as like a black lesbian from San Francisco so I can get <laughs> reparations money. There is no so truth. Let, let me, I know. <laughs> well, you know, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. I get that. So let's bring this back to the present, though. How does Donald Trump fit into this struggle? Mm. So Donald Trump, I mean, when they're trying to use the term Christian nationalist, again, what mm. this goes back to is that all of the West including the founding of the United States, was grounded in basic biblical ethics. 
Even the people who thought they were moving away from the Bible weren't moving that far. Right? Thomas Jefferson, primary author of Declaration of Independence. What else did Jefferson do? He edited the Bible. Took okay? Jesus out. Now, mind you, this would have been this would have gotten him killed as a heretic through most of Christian history, but he edited the Bible. And he took out, he went into the Gospels, and he pulled out all the miracles. And the Jefferson Bible is known as, I think, the the life and teachings of Jesus of Nazareth. Mm. Okay? It's a book of ethics. And so what you get is you get this notion, this is, by the way, is the American spirit part of the title, that, that America was founded as a spiritual nation. The Declaration of Independence is an intensely spiritual document. You can't read it any other way. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. Right? Um, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. They were endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, think about it for a moment. This is, you know, we, we've heard that line so many times we don't think about mm. it. All men are created equal. Right. Relatively, okay, in a country that owns slaves. Right. In a world that's always owned slaves. In a country that says only landowners can vote. Coming from a culture where you had kings and nobles. That's right. Okay. Not that far removed from the, you know, from the feudal system. What in the well, world? The only, the only place, the only way, the only people who believe that all people are created equal, regardless of ability or whatever, I mean, isn't that a Judeo-Christian value? Where else does that come from? Well, you know, we say that the, you know, the Bible has the idea that people are born of equal dignity. Um, right. It's not clear that Eastern faiths deny that. But, mm. but, the, but my point is not that equality was rare. Mm. My point is that the idea that all men are created equal in 1776 may be many things. It may mm. be true. It may be bold. It may be strong. What it is not is self-evident. Uh. Nobody has ever run a country or a society in all of history along these lines. Most people behave as if it's not true. That's Jefferson himself behaves as if it's not true. Okay. It is many things. It is not self-evident. Huh. In fact, most of the people in the world today doubt it. So, so let me jump in here. So basically, if, if I'm hearing this, so really America was founded, notwithstanding the, uh, you know, the 14th Amendment about the Establishment Clause, but America was founded with a religion. It was just a civic religion. That's exactly, that's exactly right? my point. And, and, and you can call it a civic religion, but it really was. See, the term that I use in the book is I call it a spiritual platform. Mm. And that's because I'm a techie at heart. Okay. <laughs> you know, th th there is um, part of the brilliance of the computer revolution was that you, you develop a piece of software and then you expose what are known as APIs, application programming interfaces, and somebody builds an application on top of it. Right. So Microsoft Word is an application sitting on top of Microsoft Windows, and then you write a document in Microsoft Word. Mm. And that's how these things go. Um, my, my argument is that what Jefferson did was he defined the spiritual platform. He basically said this is what theism was, right? Here's lowest common denominator, basic ethics, and basic belief in a creator and natural law and natural rights. And now I'm exposing the APIs that you can finish in any way you want. 
and you know you can finish it with devout Christianity, you can finish it and be Jewish, you can finish it and be Hindu or Muslim or Buddhist or anything mm. else, as long as you figure out how to interface with the basic platform. Mm. And there are things that don't interface with the basic platform. You come here from a religion that practices human sacrifice. Sorry, you can't do that in America. Hinduism has done a marvelous job of transplanting itself on top of a biblical platform, but they had to leave the caste system behind. Yep. So, so let's bring this back. You still respectfully have not answered the, the, what I'm curious to know, which is okay. the figure of Donald Trump in all of this. Yeah. Right. Mm. How, filter that for me with so we have this battle between this new religion of wokeism versus let's call it a civic religion and these are my words not yours a yep. civic religion upon which the country was founded and there is a struggle for um for preeminence right who's going to win out the the mm. you know the wokeism black lives matter versus the fundamental traditional values of this civic religion where is help me understand the the um perhaps tragic figure of Donald Trump in all of this. Mm. Trump is a guy who grew up under the old system and loved it. And he sees that it's under attack. And, and a lot of the attacks that he sees just feel woke. Right? And he is out there defending the old time religion. Mm. Okay? And, and, and the, the peccadillos that people, you know, want to throw on him, um, you know, don't don't really matter the fact that maybe he can be a bit blunt in the way he speaks. I mean that's not the point. The 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 the, the point is that you know he's out here saying you're undermining the fundamental ethical basis on which the country was founded, mm. and people say, well yeah, but you don't talk too pretty. <laughs> so he's right. so he's a threat. So he's a threat to the new religion is basically right. what you're telling me. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just like, you know, back in the day when the kings and queens would have people, you know, their dissidents murdered or defectors or whatever. You get murdered, you get killed. Well, now we can't just murder people who don't follow our religion, but we can murder their um, character. Talk to Vladimir Putin and, and Navalny. <laughs> well, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, we, in we, polite society, we, we, okay? Again, again, we actually do. Okay, and this is, you know, you go through, this all stuff I go through in a book, but you can find all the parallels, right? Let's take a look at something like, excuse me, like an anti-misinformation campaign. Mm, what's okay. the rationale? Okay, what's the rationale? Um, um, to protect people or something or other. Right, right. There are a lot of people out there who don't have the background, who don't have the knowledge, who don't have the rationale. They might hear these disturbing thoughts and be led astray. Mm. Okay, that is the rationale behind every anti-blasphemy law ever passed. <laughs> right? The weak-minded might hear blasphemous thoughts and be led astray from the true faith. Okay, and that's so it. therefore we must we must keep them from uh, from from hearing such things. That's exactly right. Now, and so we have okay. to cancel them essentially. So we have okay. to cancel. We have, cancellation. we have to protect them. We have to protect them from themselves. That's exactly. But now, now go to cancellation. So what's the penalty? Cancellation. What does cancellation say? We're not going to kill you. We're, we're going to cast you out. We're, we'll what destroy is, your career. We're going to cancel you with yeah. cancel culture. We're going to make sure you're broke. We're going to make sure you can't feed your family. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, and we're going to cancel your ass. And the yeah. traditional name for that punishment was? I don't know. Um, Excommunication. <laughs> oh. So, okay. yes, yeah, so you're what cast do you think, out what do you of think the social media. What do you square? think excommunication was? 
being cast out. Oh my God! You were cast out so of society, or, or or banished. Yeah. Yeah. Go operate in the underground. You can yeah, no longer. You're not allowed to. Yeah. You're no, not allowed no, to participate no, in the economy. You aren't. Are talking welcome. to you is a crime. Doing business mm -hmm. with you is a crime. Helping you so, Bruce. Is a crime. Bruce, we got a few minutes left. I want some okay. hard answers here. Um, <laughs> Ooh. So the. Who wins the battle? How long is this battle? And what do we do other than buy your book, folks, which will help you understand the battle, Obviously. which they all should do, right? You know, spiritual crisis or great awakening, right? Mm -hmm. How do you fight this battle? Do all we right, bring so back first of all, the battle, the battle is long, and I don't know who wins. Mm -hmm. But things that we can do now. So one of the reasons that I wrote this book was I'm trying to really relay the intellectual groundwork to get broader recognition for the idea that wokeism really is a religion, because then we can start to bring cases in court on the establishment clause. And I believe that what's happening is these people have come up with a new religion. They've injected it into all of our public institutions and all of our schools, and they are turning it into the established religion in the United States. Shut up. Okay. So I, I am trying to lay the intellectual groundwork so people recognize this so we can start bringing these, these cases. That is um, amazing. On, 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 on equal ground. Another thing that we have to do, and I reach out specifically to faith leaders, mm. is faith leaders have to take a look at some of the stuff that I'm talking about. And they have to start asking some of the questions that I address, which is why have the woke with their wacky new religion been so successful at reaching the people that our traditional faiths can't? Okay? And part of the reason, by the way, is that the woke aren't encumbered with ancient language. You know, every existing traditional faith grew up in the pre-modern world, okay? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm. Quick fact about the guy who wrote that. He was a shepherd. <laughs> okay? He was talking to shepherds. King David wrote it. Where do we first meet King David in the Bible? God sends Samuel to find the next king among the sons of Jesse. Samuel meets one after another. They're all impressive. He says he'd make a great king. No, 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 no. Hasn't met the youngest one. He says, well, where is the youngest one? The answer, he is with the sheep. Okay, this is the guy who writes, the Lord is my shepherd. He tells this message to shepherds. It hits them at a visceral level. You go into a room, you go into a lecture hall in New York, in Washington, in Hollywood, in Silicon Valley, there ain't a lot of shepherds. Okay? It is not, it is completely impersonal. You say the Lord is my shepherd, you're talking to people who hear it as poetry and religion. It's got nothing to do with their lives. Interesting. You find a way to talk to them. You say, trust the science. That they can relate to. So Interesting. So, okay. Bruce, we are running out of time, and there's yeah. so much more to talk to you, talk yeah. to you about. But tell me, where do they get the book? The name of the book again. Let's put Erica. Let's put that up for yeah, everybody, for our it. listeners. Where can they find find the book, and where can they contact you? Okay. The name of the book is American Spirit: A Great Awakening. You can find it anywhere books are sold, including Amazon. Uh, brought up by Academica Press. If you want to go straight straight through the press website, that's a great way to go. Um, we went back and forth as to whether it should be an or or a versus because these really are the two solutions we're looking at. You can find me at brucedabramson.com. I have yet to update the website for my last book, but uh, you can send me an email there. Fantastic. We would love to have you back. This is a, a not only fascinating discussion, but in a, such an important one to understand the real 
high-level battle, you understand the, the, the two sides in this war in America, and, and it gives a structure and it gives sort of a fabric to it all to understand that one side is these traditional American values, and the other side is really, which is a civ founded on the civic religion of both the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution versus this, this new religion of wokeism. Folks, we've been talking with Dr. Bruce Abramson and his new book, American Spirit or Great Awakening. Thanks for joining us.